What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson, joining me in the host spotlight, lover to death, uh, Rose Locke. Rose, how are you? I'm great. I just Good. got back from vacation. That's super, uh, Myrtle Beach, right? Myrtle That's Beach. a word on the street. Yeah. That's super cool. It was awesome. I heard that you actually vacationed too. We did. We vacated. That's hard to believe. No, I mean you. Yeah, I yes, did. Did you I unplug? Actually, I totally unplugged. Wow. I love Completely. it. Let the record show. Rose yes. locked unplugged. Yeah. That's right. That's pretty. What do you what, what do you do at Myrtle Beach? You just hang out? Do you go to, do you go uh, well, to the beach, the actual did. beach we front? We did a lot of fun stuff. We well, we Roger and I walked. Um, well, one day we walked ten miles, but we walked Ooh. at least five miles. Did you every go on the beach day together on the beach. Nice. That, it was it's so romantic. Roger's the man. I thought you said fun sweet. stuff. Didn't you say fun? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what we did. And but miles, we also we also okay. So we really love we really love art. Right. Uh-huh. There you go. No secret. I really love there art. You go. So we heard live music. Oh, cool. Um, uh, we went to a. There's a really fun club um, called the Hangout down there, which is just really. They have live music. They have dance parties. It's just huh. great. And I do love to dance, by the way. Um, and Show us. Show us. we also went. No, Roger has a video. Um, we also we also went. There's an art museum in Myrtle Beach, believe it or not. And the person like looked at us crazy when she heard that we came on vacation, and went to the art museum, but we saw some really, really, really cool art. And ask me more about. It, I'll tell you about it sometime. Did it inspire you? It really got your did wheels inspire turning. Inspire me. It was <laughs> That's really good. good. Well, we we're glad you're able to take a vacation and glad you're back with us. Yeah. Uh, you've heard him already. Uh, he's back in the spotlight with us. Tim Sanford. Tim, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good too, but good. I haven't taken vacation oh. yet. Yeah. So. I'm sorry. That's yeah. okay. You inspire me. Yeah. Well, it's coming, right? Yeah. Like I heard you're taking one. But Sooner or later. Yeah. Where are you going? You know where you're going? Not yeah. yet. Yeah. You'll wing it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, now you know you can walk the beach and go to there the art go. museum if you end up yeah. in South Carolina. We like that area. Yeah, we've been down there. It's super good. Uh, guys, let's jump into a, a Sunday in review. What I'd like to do, Rose, is come your way first, and then we'll hear from Tim a little bit. Talking about this first missionary journey, uncovering the, the first part of Acts 13. We'll be we'll be talking about this missionary journey for the next several weeks. But, Rose, what were your thoughts, thoughts well, on the weekend? here's a plug for our teams, right? Mm-hmm. For, um, for years, I've I've um, kind of managed the production teams here and just a plug for our teams because obviously I was on vacation and I wasn't here on Sunday, but like, thanks so much to the people who mixed the stream and to mm-hmm. Ben who was here holding down the fort and making sure the slides were right and the videos were right and the songs were right. Because of all of that, I did get to participate, which is a real encouragement to my heart. So mm. great thanks from me to all those people. And I'll say it this way that God is using. And I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what I really came away from the sermon with, you know, is Mm -hmm. that God uses all of us us. and he uses us in the areas that he has specifically fingerprinted, gifted us. Mm -hmm. And I think that is such, um, it's such an encouragement to my heart. And, and it's as I age, as I, as I, um, have started to release my kids, um, I think back about the people who impacted me as a young mom and how hmm. the impact they've had on me now carries forth to my kids and like the intergenerationalness of that and how God uses every one of us specifically. Yeah. So I came away from the sermon really encouraged in that. And just the fact that I could participate in the sermon is a testament of and an application of what Tim talked yeah. a lot about. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really good. So Tim, you're not just preparing for this past week and April 13th, but you're really over the next couple of weeks talking through this whole this whole yeah. chapter and beyond. What yeah. what has the prep work for that look like? What, what have you found in your studies? It's like, man, that seems to be the thing worth dwelling on and worth pacing through over the next couple of weeks or as yet 
yet to reveal itself. Uh, no, um, I'm laughing, smirking a little bit about it only because uh, as I was prepping and that kind of stuff, I found that um, my heart was moving in a place of like, um, what's the punch? Like as if there's supposed to be this something that when I'm done, everybody will, you know, like, wow, that really hit, you know, and struggling with that it, right up until the weekend, actually. Hmm. And, and uh, I think the Lord was just encouraging me in that to say, you know what, son, like I'm the punch, right? <laughs> You don't have to worry about that. Your job is to just clearly communicate this. I'll work through you on that one, but you don't have to carry something that's not yours. And, uh, so and Tim, I'll, I'll just say, I think I, I, I think when you got to verse 12 and, um, I, this is a different version than you preached out of that I'm looking at cause it uses a different word, Yeah. but then the pro council believed when he saw what had happened, being amazed yep. at yep. the teaching of the yep. Lord, right? Yep. right? And then you went on to say, um, and I don't know if I wrote, if I personalized it or if you said it this way, but I wrote, he paid for me. Yeah. And that is the teaching that is so amazing. Right. Right. And coming out of Easter um, and the Good Friday service yep. and like, Mm -hmm. like hearing that again, he paid for me. And yeah, there was all this great teaching and I have all these notes about, like I loved your little, how the spirit speaks through us thing. Yeah. But the bottom line is his, yep. the, the teaching is amazing that he paid for right. me yep. and uses me yep. as an individual. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Which again, from a big <laughs> picture, I mean, going through the book of Acts, we're seeing God at work, right? Like that's what we're looking at here. We call it history because it was in the past, but we're seeing God at work and believing that God will be at work, is at work even today. Mm -hmm. And it's as simple as what you're describing of your own testimony of this. That's God at work. And an individual can be a mouthpiece, but doesn't have to carry the burden of like somehow <laughs> I've got to cause that to, you know, be applicable. And we're trying, right? We're sure. trying to help to see that. But yeah. he's the one who's at work. Well, and I think that's applicable. That's applicable for the three of us for this week on the podcast. We all happen to be on staff. We all happen to play a role here. And it, it's hard to be used by God, but make sure you're not in his way at the right, same time right, and, yep. and to continually yep. yield that. And so I, I appreciate you sharing that, yeah. the, you know, the frustration yeah. of like, where's the punch in here that I'm trying to make? Yeah. But then it's like, the whole point is for me to get out of the way. Right. So they hear from the Lord. Yeah. And that's yep. spirit-driven stuff. And it brought rest to my heart, right? Mm. So that I don't have to carry something that's actually not my burden to carry. And then it was amazing how, like what you're describing, I really appreciate that. A number of people like came to talk to me afterwards, which is common, let's say, but it was used by the Lord um, to it really encourage my heart. See, son, see, like, <laughs> yeah. I got this. You just step aside here. And, um, and you know, they were telling me things that I, I knew nothing about the context of their life as far as mm. the moment, the event, the whatever that was happening that was that the Lord was inserting that into. But boy, was he doing that. And it was bringing comfort to their heart. So, mm. again, we just see, yep, God uses all kinds of a variety of people, different ones, and, but he gets the uh, glory for all that. Right. And I think, I think part, of, part of this conversation— that I'll just kind of circle around for the 
podcast listeners is the fact that we emphasize so much that idea of expositional teaching. Because I was joking um, with these guys before we started recording about the difference between in music, a sonata allegro form, which is very defined, and you can think of it as like a highly defined essay with a you know introduction, mm. three points, and a conclusion. That's how you can think of that musically. Yeah. And the difference between that and something that is through composed, which is just the composer starts at the beginning, maybe has some kind of thematic material they're going to explore, but then they end. And there's really no, it's hard, it's difficult to outline, yeah. let's mm. say it that way. And so I think, um, Tim, one of the things I really enjoy about your teaching is the way that you literally start at the beginning and then you stop and you make um, some application for us in that passage that you just read. And then you'll go on to the next part of the passage and you'll stop and you'll make some application. And I think that teaches us as listeners to you that we can do the very same thing, that oh, we can open God's word certainly. and we can read a yes. couple verses and we can stop and meditate on them and think about how they apply. Yeah. And so I really appreciated, I appreciated how this particular sermon played out that way. Because as I was taking my notes, I was thinking, oh gosh, he could have stopped right here. And these could have been, this could be his whole application and we could be done, you know? Yeah. And that was like right. 12 minutes in or something, yeah. right? Because I, because I enjoy Mm. I, I mean, I wanted to ask you about it. I, one of the things I appreciate is sometimes you'll say something and I'll <clears> ask a question in my head. I'll be like, okay, great. That was a great statement, but how does that work? But yeah. then you'll stop and ex exposition on it. And particularly what caught me was this idea of um, the children of God are led by the spirit of God yeah. from Romans 8, 14. Yeah. And then, because immediately you said that and immediately I thought, okay, how does that really work? Because mm. Even though I've been a believer for a long time, I'm not sure I know how that how all that really works. But then you went on to give us, you said, well, here are five ways that the Spirit of God communicates mm -hmm. to you. Yeah. And your five ways were the Word of God, yep. the elders and other leaders in yep. our church body, yep. Yep. other believers, mm -hmm. um, times of prayer, yep. and our direct circumstances. Yep. And I yep. just thought that that in of itself was such an important nugget to mm, take good. away from And those things are... Say, yeah those five things are, are biblically backed. It's, it's very easy to, once you get to application, kind of spin off and go on your soapbox or say, here's what I, here's what I think it should look like, or this, yeah. that, and the other. And even in my experience, expositional preaching, once you exegete the passage, you go, okay, well, that's what it says. That's right. what that word means. Right, right. But now how do I, how do I apply it to, to the, the listeners? It's actually easy to kind of drift away from scripture and be like, I got I to make that one up. Yeah. I got to make up yeah. how to land it. But then I think, okay, where else in scripture can I pull from that directly correlates with this right. stuff? I mean, you, you right. mentioned the Romans 8, and, yeah. and obviously Mark does a great job of this as well. There, there are companion scriptures that make this more vibrant, and that stood out particularly this last Sunday, but this whole series for me. I've known the book is between the epistles and the gospels. But I've always wondered, like, why is there such a difference between the Gospels and the Epistles? Like, man, it's just Jesus is yeah. all wrapped in yeah. there. And then we always study the letter, Paul's letters. Yeah. It's like, how did we get from there to there? And what must that have been like? Right. And obviously that's such a silly question because there's a book between. You can you can see what <laughs> right. that's like. That's right. yep. And that's what you're teaching through. You've been an encouragement to me 
with how to handle so many nouns and names and places from the pulpit, <laughs> yeah, right. because I'm like, holy smoke, Lord! Like I, I, I've 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 done studies through First and Second Timothy and Romans and Ephesians, and that's really well, fun well, for you me. Let's forget the five guys. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The five guys. Yeah. So, but but to to be able to cover it and fly through it and then not overwhelm. So that everyone's overstimulated being like, I wish yeah. I had index cards with a name and a place, you know, yeah. what's the story being woven together? Yeah. And, and the yeah. book does a great job of that. And, and you do as well. well. And then what I'm enjoying as well is the applying of like, I, I think I, I meant to bring my device and I don't have enough scripture right on my tongue. But um, Tim, you just like, as an aside, mentioned First Corinthians passage, right? And I, I was anxious to go back and really read through that First Corinthians one twenty seven. Do you have? Is that what it was? One twenty seven. I think it's one twenty seven. And I think that that application of that inside this passage, when we start to know and understand how how the Jews would not accept Paul, and actually mm -hmm. it's going to say that they start a persecution against Paul and Barnabas, right? Is what happens. Yeah. And so when we see that. Um, and when we try to apply these kinds of things and we know that Paul wrote, Is that what you're instead at? God chose things the world yeah. considers foolish in order to shame right. those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. Instead, God has chosen the world's foolish things yeah. to shame the wise and God has chosen the world's weak things to shame the strong. So just the idea <clears> that <throat> we as not the most... Um, you know, not having scripture on our tongues like we should or not mm -hmm. the most right. um, verbal people or the best writers that God yeah. is going to use us in the process and how Paul himself comes to that conclusion, I think is really mm -hmm. cool to mm -hmm. watch and observe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because because <clears throat> a little plug for next week, I yeah. mean, we're going to see his first sermon recorded for us and it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. But I don't believe it's because Paul is brilliant. I know that he was raised in a school. Like, I know that he has yeah. all of this stuff. But, um, again, uh, the Spirit of God at work, and he lays out just kind of like, just enough detail to relate a story so that people are going, oh, my word, we got to hear more about this next week, right? Mm -hmm. But not so much that it overwhelms them. He, I mean, he's, he moves along and there's sometimes he drops the plow right down and you have this ding, ding, ding. And then all of a sudden he jumps a thousand years, just like that in one little statement. And you're going, what? And yeah. he's just, because he's weaving that, but, um, and the Lord uses that to get a hold of people's hearts to where they just, again, it's like, it's like Sergius Paulus, astonished or amazed, I think was yeah, your right. Amazed like, is my blown translation. Blown away, blown yeah. away kind of stuff, which is typical for us, right? <laughs> Being in the Word of God and just is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able mm -hmm. to divide asunder between the soul and the spirit, a discerner of the thoughts and the intents so of the Tim heart. Tim is just showing you that he has those scriptures at his tongue. Well, and, I mean, there's an example, though, of how people are different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I can talk to you all day. Like we were talking about art and sonata, yep. like yep. reforms and those kinds of things. But the scripture on my tongue um, mm -hmm. yeah. is not yeah. as quick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, and I appreciate that too, but you have the spirit of God living within you. You've been a person of the word, yes. right? Yes. And so it is shocking how often you'll be in a place where the Spirit of God in leading you will bring yeah. that to I mind. at least know, knew to go to 1 Corinthians. There you go. <laughs> so I was pleased yeah. with that. Well, even, even that verse talking about what the world is going to think and what the world is going to do, we have a biblical example of how the world reacts to right. incredible teaching, incredible preaching, and exciting things happening for the kingdom. 
we're going to see, especially once we get to Acts 14 and some of the stuff I'm studying now in preparation, there's some lows associated with the highs, and that world is That's against right. it. Yeah. And we can be aware of that, and I'm telling you, there, there's something about biblical dependency to make me realize I'm not alone then if the world's up against me. Right. And it's certainly not because of anything I've done or this, that, and the other, but it's right. the world's after yeah. us and yeah. God and right. his people. But then God yeah. uses that for his plan. Absolutely. I, one of the things... Um, uh, my kids memorized a timeline when, when I was, I home educated them and part of their education process, I made them memorize this timeline and the timeline, the part of the timeline that sticks out to me to this day, the most is this statement, persecution spreads the gospel. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so this idea that even with the world standing against, mm -hmm. um, the message, God uses that too. Right. Right. You know, and I think that's important for us to remember, too, because um, oftentimes when we're in those moments, we misinterpret them. We see that we that's might say, you know, like, like, why is God doing this to me? Or what have I done that is, you know, like we're misinterpreting and not realizing, no, wait a minute. He's just using that to dig a little deeper into my life and expose something or to show what he's trying to teach to me or to get me out of a location and into another. And, you know, um, I mentioned that there was probably about a 16 year process there. Right. So how many times in those 16 years were there guys tapping like, when are we going to get this thing done? Or, when, you know, like how many times were they antsy or how many times did they think, when they had to flee because of the persecution. Oh, this is what God's doing. Duh. He said it. No, probably not very much. Right. Mm -hmm. But we're having the privilege of looking back on a snapshot and going, oh, I, I see it, Lord. I see it. So today we have the privilege of trusting him because we've seen his fingers in the game. Right. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily see it today. But we know where he's been and we know history, what he will do. You said in the course of your sermon, you were a history lover. I didn't realize yeah. that. But oh, yeah. that's why history, in a sense, is important. Because mm. as, as we travel further away in time, we begin to see the larger picture, which right. is what God can see all the time, right? right? Which only leads us to trust him more. Because mm -hmm. we see, oh, yeah. God was faithful here and God was faithful here. And when, you know, as we age, when I thought this was happening, this is what God was really <clears throat> doing in me. Right. Or when that when that trial came, that was God preparing me to minister to this situation. So I think um, like mm -hmm. that looking back on those timelines is really, really important. And sometimes we don't do it enough. Sometimes we spend too much time reading what Paul learned. Sure. But not connecting it with, oh, Paul went through this experience yeah. and he learned that yeah. this is what happened and wrote it for our benefit. Right. And there's tremendous merit to asking, what have I been through? Like, look back and see what, for me to come to know the Lord at age five and to grow in this walk of sanctification that's going to be the majority of time I've been here on this earth, I can look back and, and say, okay, we've been through it, this Jesus mm -hmm. and I. Like he, he has delivered me in ways I didn't know at the time. I can look back now and I, mm -hmm. I still can't quite fully understand, but it, it, it's such a game changer and that the older I get and the, the more I walk this walk, it's like, it's almost exciting because you, you can graduate from God, where are you in, in a moment of difficulty to God, I know you're here, but can you please show me that? Mm -hmm. yes. I, I know yeah. you're here, but I don't feel you. Yeah. I don't yeah. feel you here. Right. There are a lot of people my age doing that backwards. God, I don't feel you here, so I don't think I don't think right. you are. Right. And it's a tremendously wrong conclusion. Yeah. And we were talking 
last week some about this whole thing of anxiety and that right. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the scripture says that there is a rest available to the children of God, right? Like it's available. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to pick it up and, <laughs> and enjoy that, right? But yeah. the more we understand what you're talking about, the more then we actually are, are um, can choose to live in the rest of that. Mm -hmm. I can't see your hand here, God, but even if you don't show me, I can still rest in you because I'm getting to know you more. Mm -hmm. And I know that you are a God who cares for me. You're involved. You're not blind to these things. You're not powerless. It was a mighty mm -hmm. hand of God that brought these people out of the land of Egypt. We're going to see that here in this next one, right? Like, yeah. So I know these things about you. <sighs> there's something about that, yeah. that brings rest yeah. in my heart. Well, I've been ringing this bell more and more lately, but that is exciting also when you think about the general assembly and the corporate gathering where you get to hear God is moving or you talk to somebody else who maybe yeah. goes to your church. What if the encouragement you need happens to be in somebody else's testimony this week? Like I'll, I'll get in my zone yeah. and think, okay, I need to see the Lord working through me <laughs> so right. I can know he is good. Right. But but I have had moments That's where... That's incredibly... But see, the, the problem there... How many times did you say the word I? Right, right. That's it's a, it's a tremendously so self-focused. When you find yourself saying mm -hmm. I, 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 it's time. I, I have caught myself sitting next to somebody week and week and week after week waiting for God to encourage me through something. And it wasn't until talking to them and they say, man, the Lord really showed me this last month in this way. And then I'm like, whoa. Yeah. That was an encouragement to me. Their story was an encouragement yeah. to me. Yes. And that's where you see the Spirit leading all of us. Right. That's why it's important. Right. That's why we're doing this right, right now. Yeah, it's important to be part of community, and it's yeah. important to it's important to not be afraid to have that conversation with the person yeah. next mm -hmm. to you, because you might have what they need, but they might have what you need right. too. Mm -hmm. and, and that's true for us individually, for sure. But it's also true for us then as that moves into the corporate, because, like I was even referencing, you know, here these guys are being sent out to to accomplish something from a from a local church. Well, our elders are saying, hey, guys, we, we want to be involved in some of that stuff. Well, yeah. that means us as a church are going to have to see God encourage all of us. That means someone's going to have to be able to say, hey, guys, this is what we think God is leading us towards. And these are some individuals that we've approached, and they're believing that this is what God's going to do with them. Would you all get behind this and be a part of it? And we're having to say yes or no to that, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And if we're fearful, if we are self-centered, if there's things like that that are in the way of it, we're, we're not. We're not going to be a part of what God's doing, but we have the privilege to go, oh, God's done this before in the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of like see what this chapter will be like today. Mm. What a blast, really, right? Yeah. Like, what an opportunity. Yeah. Now it'll have hardship, just like they had hardship. So we better be ready for that, too. Yeah. I know one of my first, like, I think I still look back at it as a really important moment um, in my spiritual life. And it has directly to do with that. And um when my husband and I first came here, we didn't have children. And so we did a lot of um, like youth group stuff. Like we went on the mission trips, we did the whole like scavenger hunts around town and just, just kind of helped in that way. And we went on a trip um, to Chiapas and I think it was our, mm. it was FBC's one of their first trips to that part of the world. And um, like it was, we didn't, I didn't feel like we did anything special. We knocked down <laughs> a couple walls and painted some stuff and, you know, ate food and had just had a great time. Um, and it didn't feel, it just felt normal and ordinary to me. Hmm. And when we got back um, a couple weeks later, 
the leaders there wrote a letter back to Fellowship Bible Church Winchester. And in the letter talked about how they had been encouraged and how God had used us and all those kinds of things. And in that moment, I thought, I feel like I'm living the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. I remember that. And I remember, I, I think that is something that is really special about this particular body of Fellowship Bible Church here mm -hmm. is their desire to do exactly what you're saying, Tim, which is to not stay inside these four yeah. walls, but to build bridges, to connect yeah. with what we've just studied, yeah. to um, to do global church um, focuses, to go out and try to reach the American Indians that have been so yeah. hurt by yeah. people in the name of Christ. And so I, I think that, that that makes this particular community here in Winchester very unique. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, it is a, it is, it shows me the glory of God is yeah. what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah, that's right. That's good. Well, we'll continue to see the, the, the chapter 13 of Acts, you know, unpacked over the next couple of weeks and then 14 as well with this missionary journey. But uh, one thing I did want to uh, point people towards before we get out of here, there's a, a Fellowship Kids Choir production coming up. Do you play any role in this? Any part no. of it? No. Sweet. That's exciting, Rose. Wow. Listen to that. We're excited. You're that's on involved. me. I just, assume, I just assume you're in everything. Like Rose has something to do with it. But that is going to be this coming Sunday, April 23rd, uh, 6 p.m. in the Maid Auditorium. And hey, if you're if you happen to be listening to this and I don't know, maybe you don't have any kids or that's just kind of an announcement you never thought twice about. It's actually really fun uh, to come out and see that and and watch the leaders and the adults work with these kids to to tell that story of Esther. It's called Esther Ordinary Faith. It is very um, fun. And I just continue to kind of to ring the bell for intergenerational stuff. Yeah. I just had a conversation yeah. with someone a few minutes ago and the importance of parents and grandparents and tim you even said it in your sermon it's an application of your sermon the way when you lost your dad and the way those other yeah. men came in and mm -hmm. became in essence spiritual fathers yep. to you um so i just encourage everybody oh, yeah. should come and watch with these kids the hard work these kids have done and encourage their little hearts in the love of love of christ and the yeah. service of christ yeah absolutely Tim, thanks for being here, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, you're awesome. We'll Rose, love it. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, as a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can find us all over the place each and every week on your favorite podcast platform. Just type in Sermon Spotlight. You'll see the purple logo will pop right up. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless.